the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. You the moves. You might not be an A, but you are a B Plus. Check it out. Here we go. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen out there in the B-plus lane. It is me, your B-plus man of mystery. It's Mr. Mysterious here. How are we all doing? Hope you're all feeling well. Welcome to the Impact Zone, the wrestling podcast where we cover all the goings-on in the world of Impact Wrestling, and it's we're only mere days away from Impact just throwing every single match under the sun at us. I'm, I'm bracing myself. I'm a little scared, a little worried. Someone please hold my hand. I'd have to tell you my address, to be fair. Scratch that. But anyways, how we doing, guys? I put a little preface this, so I've been saying this on all the other podcasts, and I've got to say it on here in case anyone hasn't been listening, but you should always listen to everything else that we do here at the B+, because we're a great bunch here. Come on, you know it's true. But uh, we, uh, Greg and I are heading to Sydney this week for PWA's Coliseum event, which is taking place over two big nights. And because of that, not only with the whole wrestling landscape changing, but because we'll be over in Sydney recapping all the stuff for Coliseum, there may be some delays, uh, and we don't know exactly when we'll be releasing all the usual episodes that we have, so I'm not sure when I will be able to release uh, Major League Reports, uh, the Impact Zone, but I can tell you definitely it will have to be after Impact is done with their latest shows, because not only... Next week, we have the final episode from the Las Vegas tapings, but we will have, let me get this right, Prelude to Glory, All Glory, and then the big pay-per-view, Bound for Glory. So we've got the last episode of the tapings, two Impact Plus specials, and the big pay-per-view. And then after all of that, after that big weekend of wrestling in, with Impact, guess what? Tuesday Night Turmoil is in full swing. <laughs> you have Impact Wrestling moving to AXS TV to face off against NWA on their, on their YouTube channel and AEW Dark on their YouTube channel. Very interesting secondary war <laughs> that's going on. I don't think many people like, yeah, we're focusing on the Wednesday Night Wars with NXT and All Elite Wrestling, but dude... If you're talking about the other companies, they've got a war going on too, and I'm, I'll be damned if people don't know about it. So that's what Impact Wrestling are doing, and yeah, just with with us, like with the B Plus here, I uh, everything's up in the air. Wrestling world, come on, guys, you're, you're all up in the air. Someone's like pulled the sheet off the bed. Someone's just jumping all over and like, we need to lay everything down. We need to rearrange everything, make it all nice and neat. For, for my sake, for my OCD sanity sake, Jesus Christ. But no, guys, I'm going to be covering the latest episode of the uh, latest episode of Impact Wrestling, the true go-home edition of Impact Wrestling, because does it really count when the, la- when the last episode from the tapings is on the same day as the Impact Plus specials and no one's really going to be able to watch it all until, like, after the pay-per-view or barely anyone. I don't know. That's just me. But I will tell you guys everything that went on with this week's edition of Impact Wrestling 
And we start out with a exhibition championship ladder match qualifier, the third of the qualifiers, Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards. Well, at least they're getting the stuff I don't usually like out of the way early. So thank you, Impact Wrestling, for accommodating me. Ew. I now I want to, uh, I want to, like, how do I say this? I do want to highlight all the negatives about the story between Eddie Edwards and Ace Austin. Like, as much as I'm over it, I do want to highlight that, and I will. But there are some actual entertaining things that really struck me off guard and made me laugh that I need to praise Impact Wrestling for, if nothing else. So we started this episode. Ace Austin comes out first, and he has some new gear. Uh, it's on, on the front. It's It says Ace Austin 316, which is just the most brilliant, like, knockoff WWE marketing thing you could ever do. Like, just Ace on the side of Austin 316. It's fantastic. But it gets better. Ace turns around, uh, undoes his jacket, and slowly unveils what it says on the back of his ju- back of his shirt. I just banged your wife, so, and he's sporting new purple hair as well. He's not looking all respectable now. He's just looking like an absolute feral. Ace Austin three sixteen. I just banged your wife. Now <laughs> we have like the la- I'm. I it feels like I've missed an episode of Impact, but I haven't. I know I haven't. So last time Ace was speaking to Alicia, it was just the same stuff we've been hearing over and over and over again. And nothing has led us to believe that Ace Austin and Alicia Edwards have, like, escalated their relationship any further because there is mixed feelings there all around and confusion and manipulation on the part of Ace Austin. But just, like, for some reason, he's just like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm already in Eddie Edwards' head, so I'm just going to fully commit and be inside Eddie Edwards' head. And I'm just like, now granted, we do have one more episode from the Las Vegas tapings, but it's like, does is he implying that he's already had that relationship? Uh, has he just given up? Will, like, will these two, like, resolve their differences they're going to have a match at, uh, I think it's Prelude to Glory or All Glory, one of the two, before the big pay-per-view. Um, I'm a little bit confused right now, but if if there's the possibility that this actually ends, like this story ends a little bit quicker than I thought, then please, please do so. Please, God. Um, so after the big shirt reveal, Ace is making his way to the ring, and there is two, two groupies there and they seemingly have ace austin merchandise as well no one else in the in the building has any ace austin merchandise so some would think they're plants but that would just be silly ha <laughs> uh but no what i love about their shirts as well so instead of ace austin 316 there were two different colored shirts ace austin 369 and we didn't see the back of their shirts but i imagine it would be something along the effects of um i want ace austin to bang me so the complete opposite of I just banged your wife 316, 369, I want you to bang something like that. That's where my mind went. Uh, but yeah, these two female fans, they are just fawning over Ace Austin. One of them leans over the guardrail and gives him a nice little smooch and Ace Austin reciprocates. And just throughout the entire match, they're just they're just going off and they're just cheering and everything else. And commentary, Don Callis seems to insinuate that one of them 
or both of them are actors, possibly in the adult entertainment area, which is um, not nice to insinuate in case, yeah, that's not nice to insinuate at all. But <laughs> with all that randomness, so and yeah, like I said, they, they didn't get involved in the match. They were just there to just prove how great of a guy Ace Austin is and just like, we love you. No no purpose other than that. Maybe just mind games, if anything. But Eddie Edwards comes out. Uh, they brawl in the early goings. Ace uh, manages to grab a full cup of ice from a fan and throw it into Eddie's face. A lot of back and forth. Uh, Eddie really, he's not, again, my, my common complaint, he's not angry. Like, he is angry, but he's not enraged. He's not, like blood red eyes of fury like vengeful because this man is trying to ruin his marriage trying to go after his wife trying to go crazy from all the shit with killer cross no no none of that it's just an ordinary match uh then reno scum come down to rings ringside they they just offer support at first and then when it looks like eddie's going to pick up the victory they pull the referee out of the ring uh, i think eddie did the boston knee party at one stage so yeah they cut that off dead to rights then Eddie takes that Reno scum with a dive to the floor. And then when you have with her, Eddie finds Kenny under the announce table and just starts swinging at Reno scum and all the confusion, the referee is trying to stop Eddie Edwards uh, fondling Kenny because Kenny is a real person. Clearly Ace uses the distraction and he gets a piece of metal and he's got a, still got a, uh, got a hand brace from the attack, the actual attack from Eddie Edwards a few weeks ago. So we, we've gotten rid of all the neck brace and all the other braces. The only thing he has left is like a hand brace. And it's just big enough for him to put a piece of metal underneath it. And then he cracks Eddie over the head with it to win. And that's very, like, very magicianly. I love the tactic that Ace Austin did there. Very clever. And yeah, Ace Austin is the third entrant into the X Division Championship ladder match qualifier. He joins Daga and Tessa Blanchard to face off against Jake Crist. And we have one more X Division qualifying match next week, and it's not what I would have expected at all. Uh, I shit you not, guys. So the final qualifier, Rohit Raju of the Desi Hit Squad going one-on-one -on -one with Sabu. Man, like, I... I ooh, not what I would have pictured at all. At all. I mean... So we, we only have, like, aside from Jake Chris, so you have Ace Austin and another heel there, so two apiece. You do need at least one more. I'm inclined to think that Rory Hit should get the win to give the Desi Hit squad something to do, but, hmm, I wouldn't mind Sabu. And I, and I, and I, it might sound like a hypocrite because I'm, like, I'm always of the opinion that the homages to ECW just needs to stop because it should just be dead and buried. And I do agree with that. But I think Sabu is like the weird exception. Sabu is like a weird exception to the rule. Like he's, he's like 53, 54. The dude's still going. He's still doing the exact same thing he's always been doing. And you don't need, you don't need someone, uh, like both these guys that may make no sense in this whole, ladder match qualifier arc they make absolutely no sense so why not get a why not get one of the older guys why not get Sabu but I would I would be inclined for Rohit to get the win otherwise if they don't give the Dizzy Hit Squad something else to do 
for Bound for Glory, even if it's heaven forbid, even if it's just a press just a pre-show match with the Deaners, at least they have that as like a ending to that story. If nothing else, that's what I would hope to see. So yeah, that's the first match done and dusted. After the match, Ace and Reno Scum, they just continue attacking Eddie. And yeah, that's all there is to it. Alicia doesn't come out to save Eddie. There's nothing like that. Uh, we'll see any repercussions from the story. Let's see if they can actually try and make this all make sense. Like, oh no, Ace Austin, he um, he had a lapse. Yeah, he had a lapse in judgment after trying to convince Alicia that Eddie has uh, drug problems, you know, all that, all that intricately crafted storytelling that's going on right now. Next segment we have backstage, we have Ty Valkyrie is trying to enlist the help of Rosemary once again. Why? I don't know. But she's talking to Rosemary and she's trying to make the fact that she's facing havoc uh, Rosemary's problem. And Rosemary calls her out like, why is this my problem? Because you have to listen to me, and we're friends. And Rosemary's just like, no, this is your problem, and I get to watch you get eaten by Havoc. Bye. And, like, I, I don't understand this. Like, where does this whole Tyre thinks Rosemary's her friend thing come from? No build-up. Nothing makes sense. I thought it would just be for, like, one of the Impact Plus specials. I, no. They either want the Impact Plus specials to be, like, canon, or they don't, which that kind of irritates me. They, they don't, they haven't figured that out yet, because you had a title change on one of them, a big tag team title change, like LAX lost the tag titles. Weird, just very weird. I mentioned that as the Hit Squad before, they have a match. So you have six-man tag, Mahabali Shira, Rohit Raju, and Raj Singh, accompanied by their leader, Gama, the great Gama, Going up against all three members of the Rascals, Dez, Wentz, and Trey. Uh, yeah, new and improved Dizzy Hit Squad. So they are wearing down the Rascals, Trey, in the early goings. Trey kind of turns it around. Like, all the Rascals, they're just using their big amounts of offense. But then it's just all this really only works on Rahit and Raj. When Mahabali gets in the ring, he just mops the floor with everybody. They have like Dez and Wentz, like they attempted to dive to the outside, but Shira caught them in midair. Like the the Rascals are essentially putting Mahabali over more so than the Desi Hit Squad, but in, in, in like by association, the Desi Hit Squad are getting all this extra momentum. So Trey launched himself over the top, crashing into Shira on the floor. Uh, later on, Shira hit Wentz with a vicious power slam. It was like a whole bunch of confusion. Like he just. One by one, he just picked apart each member of the Rascals. He hit Wentz with a vicious power slam, but he wasn't a legal man, and he just dragged Raj. Like, Raj was passed out. Just dragged Raj onto Wentz so the referee could do the pin. The winner, quite convincingly, as they, after the convincing win over the, the Dinas, Desi hit squad. Uh, no shenanigans from Greg Garma. Like, no tough love threatening to beat the shit out of the Dizzy Hit Squad. Just, they're being taken seriously after months and months of just, yeah. And that just shows because this is the, like, the Rascals, they've got to prepare for Dr. Wagner. And we found out, so the two mystery partners, I thought they wouldn't announce this until the actual Bound for Glory. But we found out that... 
so Dr. Wagner has enlisted the help of Taurus and Aerostar to of, of Lucha Underground fame and of course uh, like AAA, all the other Mexican promotions out there. There's probably more than I can name, but mainly like you know we're known from Lucha Underground fame, like for the Western audience fans. Yeah, uh, hopefully maybe the last episode of the taping they could give the rascals some something to do, like give them a go-home victory. Uh, hmm. So it shows like the Deadly Hit Squad over the rascals who are facing off against a legendary team, uh, or a legendary veteran in Dr. Wagner. It just shows that they do have plans for the Deadly Hit Squad, dare I say. Oh my god. They actually have plans for the Deadly Hit Squad. It, it, oh, like, it's a weird time to be alive, folks. Uh, we cut to backstage again, and we have RVD's girlfriend, Katie Forbes, arrives to the arena, and revealing is putting things mildly when it comes to the attire of Katie Forbes in the build-up to her match. Uh, she finds Jordan Grace backstage, mistakes her for valet, which, um, yeah, she's like, in her full ring gear, of course she would mistake Jordan Grace for a valet. I mean, why wouldn't you? Or you wouldn't want to research your opponent for your match. Jesus Christ. But yeah, after that lovely little insinuation there, so Katie tells Jordan to park a car out front. Jordan just says, no, I'm just going to kick your ass instead. And in response, Katie says, this ass un- like, reveals her derriere, just starts twerking, and just horrified, Jordan Grace just runs away and says, you're going to need, and she, Katie, her rebuttal is, you're going to need, need a bigger boot, sweetie. <laughs> this is uh, Katie Forbes. She has had a match on Impact Plus before. Didn't win. Like, she was like a fatal four-way for the knockouts title. Um, hmm. Yeah, th- we have not seen any ounce of personality from Katie Forbes at all and the only thing like this is her real first time that she's actually been talking and the only thing we already really know about her is that one she's the girlfriend of Rob Van Dam two she like uses all her assets to her advantage in terms of her body and three if you look at her socials that she is just loving life right now with RVD um just look at any photo with them online You'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. We have the Knockouts Championship match. We have Taya Valkyrie with Johnny Bravo uh, taking on the team of Havoc with Father James Mitchell in her corner. Now, that is wonderful news to hear. And I can actually say now, at the time I'm recording, yes, the official longest reigning Knockouts Champion Taya Valkyrie, congratulations, you have officially, officially got the record. So Taya, I don't know why we had to celebrate it like a few weeks early and make it seem like she'd already conquered the history and like they want to make people forget about Rosemary or the other knockouts before her. But yeah, no, officially Taya Valkyrie, longest rating knockout champion. And I was hoping this match would be definitive because every single time that Havoc has faced off against Tyre, like even Tyre has been like, how many times have I faced her? Like five, six times. 
it feels like it feels like a lot more. That's how bad it's been. But every time it's been a count out, it's been a DQ, it's been like she's run away, it's been a no contest. And Impact are bad with no contests and false finishes. And like they can get very trigger happy with them, which is one of my gripes. And I thought this would be a sure thing. Sue Young's going to come back and just cause mayhem. Didn't happen, but still Havoc. It's still won by DQ. Havoc won by DQ. Not through her merits, uh, by the merits of Johnny Bravo. So he actually pushed the referee after he was attempting to pin, after Havoc was trying to attempt to pin Ty Valkyrie, and that was what caused the DQ. And it's just, uh, like you could have just definitively had Ty win, like even if it was with a distraction, just a pinfall is what I was after. If Sue Young wasn't going to appear, which she didn't, because I thought that was going to be the, the no contest decision, but even if it was just Johnny Bravo distracting Havoc at ringside, or Havoc and Father James Mitchell bickering at ringside, Havoc looks away, Tyre rolls her up, it can be with holding the tights, it can be with her foot on the ropes, as long as there was an actual pinfall victory, that would have been fine. But they, they had to resort to a yet another no contest, another DQ. And it's just, I'm... They've it loses its appeal. It's that when you go when you go to the well so many times, eventually you're gonna get dry, and and which sucks because it looked like for the life of me it looked like they were gonna try and like convincingly have Tyre like overcome havoc and like that would have been fantastic and just give that semblance of like you know maybe she could defeat Tennille Dashwood, which. As I am reminding myself, Tennille Dashwood throughout this entire match, she was on commentary, which meant commentary was actually improved because there was not a heel guest commentator. And Tennille, every time Don Callis just tried to up her, like, big her up, and she's just like, thank you, I know, don't need to keep saying it, let's move on, let's focus on the match. Professional, absolute professional in, like, in the build-up to... Impact's big pay-per-view bound for glory, as opposed to last week with Jake Crist, I'm the golden draw. That's that's all he said. That's pretty much all he said. After the match, though, after the uh, the other finish there, you have uh, Havoc. She knocked out. So Havoc got knocked out by Ty Valkyrie with the title, and in response to that, Tennille Dashwood came out and attacked Tyre. Uh tacked her with the title and laid her flat out and then just laid and then Taya eventually after Tenille celebrated her little victory of the contest there, Taya's just scurrying away, just like, what just happened? Like, no 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 no. This can't happen to me. I'm the longest rating champion. Da 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 da. But yeah. Uh I hope like again, this isn't the go home episode impact wrestling, but usually like if the contender goes over strong against the champion usually means the champion's going to retain but 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 i don't think that's what's going to happen but i will have a full list of predictions for the big bound for pay-per-view and i'll cover all the other things that happened with this episode impact wrestling right after these stuff with our sponsors 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, on the gaming field. That's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game, and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com. And for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com. Enter the code B+, at checkout. Coming back, guys, we are on the over-ear cam and we see... Sammy Callahan saying he's going to take care of Tessa Blanchard and Daga once again. And he's saying how Brian Cage is a monster, deserves to be in a cage, which I found completely ironic because usually he keeps Madman Fulton in a cage, but in the promos, he has made, let him out of the cage. So either he doesn't think that he is a monster anymore, or that he's just a bit of an oversight because he usually bickers with Jake and Dave just to keep Madman behind bars or something because he thinks he is a monster. Little gripe, little nitpick there, but yeah, usual OVE promo, and he's saying while Brian Cage is sitting in a jail cell, he's going to be celebrating his victory. Thumbs up, thumbs down, and yeah, usual OVE promo, but it's directed. It actually it has meaning because Brian Cage is actually there, and there's heat there from the wedding being ruined, you know? So I'm actually all for it. There's direction in these promos now, which I love. We have Gabby Lauren is interviewing the tag team champions, the North once again, ahead of their now known triple threat tag team championship match. And last week, of course, the North attacked Conan, although we didn't see it, although it was implied, obviously happened that they attacked Conan for adding RVD and Rhino into the mix of their championship match. And both challenging teams, so I found out, so next week we're going to see Rich Swan and Willie Mack and RVD and Rhino. It's like, what's going to happen, I believe, uh, I had it in my notes and I completely forgot it, but each member of each team is going to be facing off against each other next week, just as a 
it doesn't mean anything like any stipulation wise. So it's, I've got it here. Josh Alexander will face Rhino against Rich Swan. And there's no other triple threat match announced, so I don't see Ethan Page versus RVD versus Willie Mack. That would be another great triple threat match. Um, could could see something like that happen, but you never know. You never know. But yeah, they're talking uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan. There, it's like don't act dumb. You obviously attack Conan. But yeah, they're all staking their claims to the tag team titles and <laughs> Team ECW. They're just like, we've had the stake on these titles since before you guys were born. Like, how old do you think Willie Swan and Rich Mac are, Rhino? Like, it, TNA Impact Wrestling was founded in 2002. So it's been, like, 17 years. They aren't 17 years old. Like, just by default, because they're ECW guys, uh, they, they naturally uh, were entitled to... The tag team championships, which weren't originally around when TNA first opened its doors. If you all remember, like first it was the NWA title, then the X Division title, eventually the tag like the tag titles were still the NWA tag titles. I, this is this is ancient history and just very confusing. It was a good promo by Rhino to be fair, but just um if you apply some logic to that, it kinda crumbles into pieces. We cut back to the ring, we have the real Mr. Impact Wrestling Moose, accompanied by Frank Trigg. So I was trying to find out. I couldn't remember his name from last week. I thought it was Frank Mir, who is also a USC guy. But Frank Trigg is also an MMA guy. Uh, he's part of the USC Hall of Fame. He knew Moose as part of his, um, his rugby days, his football days, whatever you want to call it. Don't at me. I'm Australian. <laughs> but... He's on commentary to give some insight into Moose's training regime for his match against Ken Shamrock at Bound for Glory. And this is a Impact Plus rematch, I think, from Victory Road. Moose is going up against Stefan Bonner, uh, much more, who is also a USC Hall of Famer. They, they managed to score a lot of them here, much more so than, um, it's weird, weirdly timed, because you have, like, bloody Kane Velasquez in WWE now, which... Wow, just just wow, but uh, yeah, a lot more entertaining there, and then their initial bout at Victory Road, like it went a lot more, it went longer, and I, I think this was around the same time that Ken Shamrock was announced to be uh, like Moose's opponent for Bound for Glory, so it's still in that time frame of it being part of the feud, but it's only been like a month. Wait, it's been a month ago, like not not even. But um, Moose isn't doing his usual typical offense. Like Bonner's not doing his usual typical offense as well. He's doing a lot of roundhouse kicks, did a couple belly to belly suplexes. Bonner he hit a spine buster and climbed to the top rope for an elbow drop. But um, Moose pushed the referee into the ropes. Like during this whole time, Moose is like going for the going for the liver, going for the kidney punches. He's doing a lot of gut punches and just. That's his whole MMA shtick. That's his, the um, the collective of his training under Frank Trigg. Just a lot of body shots, which and then eventually, like a he cut open uh, Stefan Bonner's eye, his right eye, bleeding pretty heavily, and just yeah, no no qualms about the sight of blood in Impact Wrestling. So that's like make it that what you will, like in terms of the like separating them from the other promotions out there. 
But yeah, uh, Bono hits uh, Spinebuster and he's going to climb to the rope for his devastating, devastating elbow drop. But Moose pushed the referee into the ropes, causing Bono to lose his footing. And because he pushed the referee into the ropes, again, another DQ. So Stefan Bono wins by DQ. Uh, you have Frank Trigg on commentary. He's just like, eh, like, good on Moose. He, he doesn't care. It's like, oh, Moose, you took it too far. Just like, no, nah, no, nah, that's fine. Doesn't mean shit. And when you have someone on commentary say it doesn't mean shit, like, what are we meant to think as an audience? If, like, I feel like I'm, it's like a mini rant from our flagship this week, but if you don't care, why should your fans care? Ah, it baffles the mind how they did it. And yet another, so two, two this week, which is like a lot more restrained than they usually do. After the match, Moose is about to attack Bonner some more with a steel chair when out comes the godfather of TNA, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, looking like he's just come fresh from the gym, fresh from a, the Greek gladiator pit because he just looks amazing, absolutely incredible for his age. Shamrock makes the save, and Shamrock, after a bit of a back and forth, he does a Bailey to belly. He does a belly to belly. Um, does a drop kick and then he locks in his ankle lock, which he's always like, he's always taking shots at Kurt Angle. Like, no, this is how you actually apply the ankle lock. But uh, and that's a story for another time. But yeah, so why? And Moose is tapping. Moose is actually tapping hard to Shamrock. And you would think his advisor, trainer, Frank Trigg would get in the way. But Stefan Bonner is there just like, uh uh-uh, uh, don't even think about it. <laughs> And just, yeah, Moose is just writhing in pain from this ankle lock. And, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have Ken Shamrock just, like, do more. I'm surprised they didn't have referees come out to just, like, make this amp up even more. Like, no, no, you got to stop. you got to stop. Didn't do any of that. But, yeah, nice bit of retribution for Shamrock. I'm hoping just, again, last episode before all the stuff at Bound for Glory, I just want one match with Shamrock in the go home, you know, like that would, that would kind of cinch the story, make it a little bit more convincing, even if it's a squash, I don't care if it's a squash, just to see him in an impact wrestling ring, come on man, like an actual, for an actual match. We cut to the uh, knockout match between Jordan Grace and Katie Forbes, Katie Forbes comes out with a um, two money guns and she's making it rain while also twerking her ring gear is money there's money everywhere she's shaking her ass and yeah like the battle of the thick girls like there there was too much curves in this match like people would have online just like god like oh my god (laughs) but just the yeah the two curvy ladies like wow absolutely wow yeah in terms of this match like katie forbes did last a lot longer than i thought she would in terms of the match with Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace carried her a lot in this match, but just, if you want us to think that Katie Forbes has something of a personality outside of her being, like, obsessed with her looks, you didn't do a very good job because every five seconds she is shaking her ass at Jordan Grace, at the fans, at commentary, just cause. Like, it's just, this is all just an excuse for her to shake her ass in a wrestling ring. And it's just like, I feel like this was part of the deal when RVD got re-signed to Impact. It's like, give Katie a match. 
a match. This is the only match she's going to get. And she's taken the opportunity, I guess. Like, not with her ability, I suppose. But although endurance-wise, yeah, she did actually get some in, some offense in. My favorite thing, though, from this entire match, her of course, of course because she's obsessed with her ass, she goes for a stink face. But before she does do the stink face to Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace gives her a wedgie to get out of it and then just does more offense. But I've never, ever seen someone stop a stink face by just doing a wedgie. How simple is that of an idea? Just like, (laughs) it sounds like the simplest thing in the world, but no other wrestler has ever done it before. And it took Jordan Grace to do it. In a ma- oh my god! In a match where it's like usually it's like a devastating move, you know, where if it's like think of Rikishi, you know, think of the other like think of the big boys trying to do it to smaller men. No one's ever done it before, and it's just it was just such a nice move, just to like yeah, stop taking this like start taking this seriously. You're in the ring with me. Like, Jordan Grace didn't deserve this, but at the very least. She got some fun out of it. And yeah, package pile drive, Jordan Grace driver, one, two, three, Jordan Grace. Not a not a squash as I would, would have liked, but at the very least, this is gonna be for Katie Forbes to advertise for whatever indie show. It's just like, oh yeah, she can wrestle, but let's look at that ass. Just for those um CD promotions out there. That's um I'm pretty sure that was like the money shot for a lot of videos to come. Backstage, though, both of the ladies, um, they're making their way backstage. At first, Katie Forbes goes out, and my man Johnny Swinger is there. And he starts making the moves on Katie, and he's saying how, like, he's giving her tips about how she should stand out more in the wrestling ring, just saying, maybe you can have a little less clothing. Um, okay. And he's just asking her, does she swing? And she's, he's, she's just like, you know I'm dating RVD, right? He's like, oh yeah, I love Rob. Like, it's big. We we go way back. Just like tell him I said hi, and just she's just like, ugh. But like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> if you look at any of her socials or RVD socials, they look like they lead a bit of a swinger lifestyle. I'm just throwing that out there. And Katie acted like she was so offended at the question by Johnny Swinger, like, but the. Seriously, if you looked at like half the shit that she does, the way that she carries herself, and he's asking just in general, just like, do you swing? Like, like maybe she could just say like, not with him, but <laughs> oh dear. And then the moment uh, Grace comes out, Johnny's tries to say the same thing. He's like, hey, you're great out there. I can give you a couple pointers, but Grace just shoves him, and he's just like, I love this place. We love you, Johnny Swinger. I love you. Uh, you deserve to be in Impact Wrestling to make things more entertaining. We uh, have Daga. He's telling Tessa Blanchard like they're amping up for their tag team title match, and Daga's just like, this is my fight, Tessa. No, this is my fight. You don't get it. This is my fight. And Daga's like, no, this is my fight. They're bickering like children, and they're just like, you don't get it. I've been at this war for longer than you. Nothing much here, but they're just like, Tessa says that anything involving over here is her battle too, so she will make it her business. Uh, we have TJP 
is uh, continuing to get Fababa in shape, and he's talking. He's actually talking. And it's just, he's actually getting, so he's convincing him, he's suckering him in with food and just doing training. And it's it's bits and pieces. It's bits and pieces there. But it's just, he's full on just like, yeah, uh, what are you going to do about it? Uh? And then just to cap it off, and he's saying how he's got, Falabar has got a match with Michael Elgin to prove how far he's come next week. And TJP's like, what do you say? And Fala just goes, bah! And he's like, I like the sound of that. Where's the training montage, guys? I thought we'd get like a lot more out of this. But there's like, I, maybe just because like they haven't really done anything with Falabar. They just want to get the uh, the finding his voice stuff out of the way, you know? But it's a gradual process, I admit. So we'll see that as well in the prelude to Bound for Glory. Fala Bar versus the unbreakable Michael Elgin. Oh boy. Father doesn't need to win this. He should, but he's not gonna. But it's just gonna be like a look how much you tested him to the limit and look how far you come. Look at you maybe talking. Look at you talking in the match. Maybe that's what they're gonna go for. Then we have the main event, OVE, Jake Christ and Madman Fulton, accompanied by Dave, uh, facing off against Tessa and Daga. Pretty standard affair, like it's like nothing new here, unfortunately, in terms of the Tessa versus OVE matches we've seen time and time and time again. Uh, Fulton sent Daga back first into the still ring post and did a really sickening choke slam. Like it was actually pretty cool. Uh, Daga turned the tie with a cutter. Uh, Tessa got the hot tag. Daga soared over the top rope with the corkscrew press, and Tessa connected the Magnum onto Jake Chris, the golden draw off the top rope, and yeah, she pinned the champ. It seems like pretty much every single contender on this episode pinned or got the win over the champion, got the rub over the champion, except for one. Except for one. Yeah, very bizarre. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, but she couldn't celebrate for long. So after the match, OVE just immediately attacked Tessa and Doug from behind. Then Sammy Callahan comes to the ring. And he just, yeah, he wants to lay the smack down on Tessa and make her hurt again. But to stop that from happening all over again, we see on the Titan Tron, the machine is coming. He's out of jail. He's just like coming to the arena. He's accosting everyone backstage. Uh, just like, where is Sammy? Where is Callahan? It's like the exact same thing from last week, but pretty much to a T. But just because he's out of jail, it, it's more serious shit right now. It's some good shit. Uh, but yeah, Brian Cage comes out to the ring. Uh, he just cleans house against OVE. He wants to just, he wants to make all of OVE pay. He wants to really choke the life out of Sammy, but he delays it too long. OVE, the rest of the members of OVE get the numbers advantage. They handcuff Cage to the ropes, and it looked like they were just going to have Sammy Callahan just do a bunch of uh, shots from his like his baseball bat to uh, to Cage's ribs or something, or just make sure he gets more injured. And I'm just like, or maybe they're going to do a sixth spot where Brian Cage just frees himself from the from the cuffs because he's the machine, man. Didn't happen. What happened was a very 
interesting move and one just like, oh, it's on. It's on now because before Sammy Callahan can do anything, out comes Melissa Santos to try and stop OVE and they think, no, 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 instead of attacking Brian Cage, how about we attack Melissa? And Sammy hits Melissa with the pile driver in the middle of the ring. They Madman Fulton has uh, Brian Cage's eyes, like he's forcing him to watch his wife get pile drived. And that's how we ended the episode. I'm just, it's like, it, it had to happen. It had to happen. Like the way that Sammy is getting, getting into Brian Cage's head is through Melissa Santos, like accidentally from the wedding and then accidentally from like the fan, quote unquote, the plant fan last week. Uh, but this is intentional. This is like, this is by design and yeah, Sammy has signed his death wish, maybe, or it's all part of the plan. He's inside Brian Cage's head. Very, very twisted act there. I loved it. I loved it how to end the show. And I love the touch of Melissa Santos. She still had the bandage on her head from the glass bottle a couple weeks ago. It's probably just shook the glass, so it's fine. But uh, it wasn't a fan of the first like half of this episode with the Ace Austin stuff and the no finishes and the the tire Valkyrie stuff. I wasn't I wasn't really feeling it. And then towards the end you had the OVE thing, which yeah was a nice way to end a rather eh, episode of Impact Wrestling. Sorry to say. There there's some great moments. I, I like that Ken Shamrock actually got some revenge on Moose but the false finishes are killing me. They've just, it's killing me. It's like they keep going to that all the time. And there's no rhyme or reason to it other than just like, oh, we can't have this person lose convincingly just yet. But you keep doing I don't know what's like Scott Damore, Don Callis. I don't know exactly who's the official person in charge at Impact Wrestling, but man, or maybe it's that that mascot from like the last time we talked about the true person in charge of impact wrestling. Uh, man, it's just weird. It's just weird. I'm hoping again, hopefully we'll be able to see it all properly in order, but the last episode from the Las Vegas taping, I'm hoping that this leaves a bit more of a better note in people's mouths. Like, um, there were some great things, like I, I and you know, like I said, even though I don't like the Eddie Edwards Ace Austin stuff going on, I laughed my ass off at Ace Austin three sixteen and Ace Austin three sixty nine. Got a big kick out of that. Gonna see. I I would laugh if that's actually on the Impact Wrestling uh, shop like, as part of the actual official merchandise. Man, <laughs> what if they get sued by WWE? I have no idea. That would be hilarious. But that's uh, that's this week in Impact Wrestling. In terms of other news from there, so we know for next week there's going to be, as I mentioned, you're going to have uh, each member from the Triple Threats Tag Team Championship match at Bound for Glory. They're going to be facing off. We're going to have Rahit Raju versus Sabu. We're going to have, surprisingly, so Chris Bay is back. He's going to be facing off against Jake Christ. 
which should be a very interesting affair to say the least. Uh, can I say, so the last time I talked about Chris Bay, I mentioned how someone should sign him. He appeared on this latest episode of 205 Live. Like, I don't know how much longer we can say the latest episode of 205 Live, but point, point, to point this out, in the last month, in the last month, like, I know like this taping was done in, like, early September. Like, so, but in the last month, Chris Bay has appeared in Ring of Honor, TNA, or it, Impact, and 205 Live. Like, he's appeared on WWE, on a WWE product, an Impact Wrestling product, Ring of Honor product. Just casually, like, seamlessly, he's appeared everywhere. And no one is signing him. Like if he can get a if he can get a spot on WWE, even if it's just like a little match for the Fox edition of Two Hundred Five Live, like why isn't someone like? And I'm hoping that since Impact, because they're the people who've had the most matches with him recently, if they see that match that he had at Two Hundred Five Live, they're just like shit. Let's sign him to a contract now before WWE grab him. Because they, if they grab him, they're just going to ruin him. They're just going to ruin him. He's not going to do anything. So bring him to Impact where he belongs. Sign him. Sign Chris Bay. Jesus Christ. But yeah, we have Michael Elgin versus Falabar next week as well. Uh, in the build-up to Bound for Glory, which, uh, by the way, sold out everything. They had a press conference recently, and all their tickets are sold out. Congratulations to Impact Wrestling. Uh, we have... I'll go through roughly. So you have Prelude to Glory. You've got the North. Uh, you're going up against Marafuji, Rhino, RVD. Uh, you're going to have, the, there's going to be some women's match, six-man women's match. Uh, Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards, Prelude to Glory. I don't know why it's happening on this Prelude instead of actually Bound for Glory. Confusing me, but here we go. We're going to have Brian Cage and Tessa Blanchard versus Jake Kristen Madman Fulton, the champion on each side. I would love to see like Brian Cage and Jake just have a little bit of a altercation, like the two champs, because I just want to see that image of Brian Cage actually just like you were meant to lead the brand in my absence. You didn't. You must die. Something like that. You got Sammy Callahan versus Dez. Willie Mack and Rich Swan versus the Dizzy Hit Squad. So that's for Prelude to Glory, two days before Bound for Glory. In terms of the other thing that's going to be happening, All Glory, uh, this is just an Impact Plus special. Uh, you can't even see properly in terms of what else is going to go on with it, but I had to really dig this up. So promotions like OVW, uh, Galley Lucha Libre, Zero Pro, Warrior Wrestling, Black Label Pro, Pro Wrestling, Revolver, Warrior Wrestling, they're all going to be on showcase here for All Glory. There's no real impact stars on these, like on this, uh, like on this Impact Plus special. So it's just really a showcase for all the indie stars and for them to kind of just say, like, oh, they were for Impact Wrestling, just like a weird thing for their cage match stats. But the main, the biggest thing that's come out of this, so the one that everyone's kind of talking about more so than everything else, there's going to be for 
the Zero Pro Women's title, Lainey Luck versus Shotzi Blackheart versus Smiley Kylie Ray. And yeah, this is like, we still don't know what's happening with Kylie Ray, like why she left AEW, the whole personal reason thing. Like, it's going to come out eventually, but we'll find out in due course. But the big thing, I want to lay my predictions out now because I'm, I'll be damned if I'm going to do one episode on just the last episode of the Las Vegas tapings and then have to do another episode again for Bound for Glory and the Impact Plus specials, especially with next week. It's going to all be a mess. So I'm going to run through it all now just to try to let my opinion known. So we have for the Rascals versus Dr. Wagner, Taurus and Aerostar. I feel like Impact are going to give Dr. Wagner a proper retirement match, a proper one where he goes over. Like really the, the, the veteran should go down on his back, but um, if, if he lost, I would have, I would think that it would give the rascals some kind of victory because they deserve it. They, they've just been the jobbers. It looked like they had something for a while and they lost it. But yeah, I, I, I think this is the one where, they're going to get Dr. Wagner the rub for a proper retirement retirement ending to his career after the whatever AAA was. Just the weirdness there. And yeah, one more loss for the Rascals. But hopefully after this, if it's a good enough match, they can just say like they put, they took Dr. Wagner to his limits and they gave him this big tribute. So maybe that might mean something. There is a Call Your Shot gauntlet match which has been just thrown away, thrown out, I should say, at the last minute. We don't know any of the participants, but the winner will choose any championship match of their choice, and the implication they're saying here is that even if, say, a knockouts wrestler like Jordan Grace, I think they said as the example, she could go for the knockouts title, but she could also go for the X Division title, heavyweight title, tag titles. So the Call Your Shot gauntlet match. Now, this is uh, whether this means that that championship match will happen on the same night. I don't think so, but they hopefully leave a little bit. Think they'll hopefully explain it next week. If it's on the same night, maybe this might be an excuse for them. So, if Tessa doesn't win the exhibition title match, this might be their way of like, oh no, Tessa wins a gauntlet, and then she cashes in at the end of the show, it would be stupid. I hope they don't do that. But if it's a, a future number one contendership match, they might go for Tessa to win. Like It depends where their mind is at with Tessa. So I'm not going to predict because I don't know who is going to be there uh, to the participants. But, man, they may, there could be a surprise entrant. Like, oh, Killer Cro- could he... I don't want to get my hopes up. Killer Cross maybe would be great to return and just like, I want the machine. That would just be also good. Also good. But the matches that I do know, so Michael Elgin versus Marafuji. I think Michael Elgin's going over on this one. Like this match would only serve to elevate him and remind everyone that he is a world heavyweight title contender. He's just look, waiting in the waiting in the background, just waiting for his time. Moose versus Ken Shamrock again. I think the 
the current impact style should take it as much as I want Ken Shamrock to destroy Moose. I think it would serve better for Moose to get the win over Ken Shamrock because, again, another heavyweight contitle tender in the lurks and Impact need them right now. They need them a lot. The Exhibition Championship five-way ladder match between uh, Jake Chris, Tessa Blanchard, Daga, Ace Austin, and whoever wins the match between Sabu and Rohit Raju. I've been saying it for ages, it's going to be Tessa. She, they're the only one they're really, they're really focusing on with this five-way ladder match. She's the only one getting the rub. Daga hasn't had much chance to express some personality. Ace Austin's in his feud with Eddie Edwards, which might carry over into Bound for Glory, like Eddie might do some interference or something. I don't know. Rohit Raju, if he wins, or Sabu, no story there. And it would just, yeah, make history. Make history. Give Tessa the title. She bloody earned it, and it would wrap up the whole intergender wrestling story quite nicely. I'm not saying that she should immediately go back to wrestling women, but it would cap that off until she eventually loses the title. World Tag Team Title Triple Threat Match, The North versus Rich One and Willie Mack versus Team ECW, Rob Van Dam and Rhino. Flipping a coin here, I'm going to say RVD and Rhino because I feel like, again, contractual, like a the whole point of RVD coming back, I feel like he was promised a title and among other things, like giving Katie Forbes her match, which she got, she got her match. Yeah, I think T and ECW are winning. And then afterwards, Rich Swan and Willie Mack are going to take the title off them. And then, the, yeah, uh, whether RVD stays with Impact Wrestling after that, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it might have just been like a up, leading up to Bound for Glory thing. I would love the North to win, but they need more tag teams to refresh the roster, and we need a title change. So I think, personally, Team ECW are going to win this one. Knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie up against Tennille Dashwood. I think Taya's done the... She's done everything and everything as Knockouts champion. She's now longest reigning. Like, she's turned to help keep the belt going, her reign going longer. Tennille, bright young star, haven't gotten sick of her yet, undefeated at the moment. Give Tennille the belt, and not just because I want to see her in Australia next week with the belt, but for actual logical reasons, I think that they, like she is one of the better stars coming out of Impact Wrestling right now for the Knockouts division. Put the title on her, and... Yeah, the whole all about me thing would work better with Fatanil with gold around her waist. And for the world championship, the machine Brian Cage defending against Sammy Callahan. I ooh, I'm a bit I'm a bit this is very it's a very hard. I you some of these should be easy, but they're really, really hard. I I feel like they want Brian Cage to keep the title. They do especially after Sammy just being completely reprehensible. So we can't have, I don't see them changing all the titles on this night. And because of Brian Cage's title reign has left much to be desired with his injuries and whatnot, as much as it pains me to say it, I've had some time to think, Brian Cage I think will retain against Sammy Callahan. I feel like, depending on who takes the title next, 
like it would be great if Sammy does it. You know, if like the real thing here is if Tessa, if she won that gauntlet match, and then Sammy beat Brian Cage, and then we have again Tessa versus Sammy, but for the world title, and then Tessa wins. So I, I, it just depends on the destination for Tessa whether they want her to get the exhibition title belt or the heavyweight title belt. I feel like they're gonna, they're gonna just cover their bases and make her get the exhibition title because I feel like that's like more of a natural fit for her. But man, you want to make headlines in 2019, like give her the title. But in terms of the people actually in the match, I'm going to go with the machine. Like it's Sammy is the goal. Sammy is the draw, but I think, I think they want Brian Cage to have at least one proper defense of his title before he loses it and who knows maybe he can have another reign down the line where he doesn't get injured that's just me thinking but that was this week at impact wrestling and i made my thoughts known about the week to come thank you so much for listening to me talk guys if you want to follow me on all the socials my map is mysterious with 17i facebook instagram twitter youtube and grapple hit me up and let me know what you thought about the latest episode at impact wrestling if you want to follow us here collectively at the b plus because we are a great bunch you can follow us at the B Plus Wrestle on Twitter because wrestling wouldn't fit, and the B Plus Wrestling everywhere else. Remember, guys, Patreon. Say it every time, mean it every time. Going to keep saying it every time. Any amount you can donate, very much appreciated. In any any amounts, greatly appreciated. So we can keep giving you guys all what you want, when you want, showcasing the very best of Australian professional wrestling, keeping you up to date on all the wrestling news from around the globe. So like, share, subscribe, hit that five star, be up at Mr. Mysterious for the Impact Zone, and I'll see you guys 